Hi, and welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast, where we talk about all things flute, live here on Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a place for fans like you to come and support creators like us. For as little as $2 a month, you can join in on this live show once a month. Plus, we'll send you the popular 5-minute warm-up for Flutus in a Hurry as a gift for being so awesome. Plus, we'll give a shout-out to all of our patrons in our podcast. This plus many more perks and tiers await you. So why not join us over on Patreon and help us continue to make great content? The Flute Talk Podcast is also brought to you by the Flute Center of New York. The Flute Center of New York has the world's largest selection of flutes. If you need to buy a flute or piccolo, the Flute Center of New York has you covered. With our code TFC at checkout, you can try up to three to four flutes for up to 10 days, have an extended 18-month warranty, and free shipping worldwide. So be sure to go to the website flutes4sale.com. So that's flutes4sale.com. Flutes4sale.com. Just be sure to use that code TFC for all those perks, and a little bit of that does go our way. Another sponsor is, well, ourselves. We have a store. If you haven't noticed yet, we have a store over at store.theflutechannel.com. We have some shirts and posters and things like that over at Teespring. So you can definitely go there and get some merch, posters, whatever you'd like that we have. It will be there. You probably noticed it under our videos. If you're interested, be sure to go to store.theflutechannel.com. That helps us out immensely. So yeah, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Emily. How's it going, Emily? Very good. How are you? Good. Just want to give a little shout out to all of our patrons on Patreon. We have about 20 of them this uh, month, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Abra, Javier Brown, Benny, uh, Demond Jorgsen, Diedrich Bode, Dr. Ollie Malone, Frederick Cafaro, Gail Clow, Jacqueline Hart, Joanne Spear, uh, John Mandeville, Laura Kruner, sorry if I didn't pronounce them wrong, uh, right? Uh, Liz Snelling, Marty Medawar, Michael Rosenberg, uh, Michael Sullivan, Mike Zellers, Sigurd de Mazar, uh, Susan, and Vicky. <laughs> so yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, like I said in the intro, uh, you can get a call out and also help us support us over on Patreon for those $2 a month. You can also donate a dollar too, but $2 gets you shouted out and it definitely uh, goes a long way for us. So yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for supporting us. Totally. Um as school's coming into fashion for a lot of people who listen into us, we're going to talk a little bit about practice routines today and like what type of practice routines could be good for certain types of people, I guess. Um, you know, getting into the routine. This came from know. a question we had? This was came, came from a question we reached out to the uh, YouTube crowd. I think everybody was on vacation, our Patreon fans, but we still appreciate you supporting us. So we reached out to uh, the YouTube community and asked them about that. And uh, we wanted to ask, them what do you want to talk about and a lot of people were talking about practice routines um stuff like that and then if we have time maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, there was one question i told you this week about crescendoing and decrescendoing but that could be something at the end of the show but okay yeah yeah that's an interesting topic practice routines because there's different layers of of uh routine like there's when you practice and then there's when you practice what do you practice in what order as well you know because uh, habits are very powerful and also i think sometimes it's very funny because i just talked about that with a student we were talking about things i wanted to accomplish and i don't know he said something to me and i th- i was like oh yeah it made me realize habits 
are powerful are powerful because they they um they allow you to not make a decision you know what i mean huh. so like people get decision fatigue because <laughs> always deciding what am i going to do next what am i going to do next but if you make a schedule and you say i'm going to do this and that specific time then you don't have to make a decision there uh-huh. and sometimes it can you make the decision once to make that schedule and then you stick to it right so i think that's something that can be interesting and it doesn't have to be the same every day because maybe your schedule's not exactly the same every day but you can say monday i have this time that would be perfect to practice so i'll practice there and tuesday maybe you don't have time and wednesday uh-huh. you practice from this time to this time and then You try to stick with it, and the longer you stick with the routine, the easier it is to mm-hmm. have it done. Yeah. So that's also what I'm going to try to uh, accomplish this year. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's difficult with everything I have to do to get the things that I want to do for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> done. Because I yeah. put everyone else first sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have this tendency. And also, I think there's this decision fatigue that... I get to a little moment where I have time and I'm like, what should I do with that time? Uh-huh. So I'm going to now try to make it a habit. Right. And for most of our most of our viewership, a lot of them are beginners and a lot of them don't have necessarily lessons. And maybe they've been learning just online, you know, through little bits of here and there. I think um, I was I would probably wonder, you know, what would be principal elements to, to put in that practice time? You know, like, would it be scales? Would it be... You know, learning something, learning some music that you enjoy. Is it a? Is it other things? You know, because a lot of people don't bring that information. Hence, why we kind of, even if they only had one time of the week to practice, maybe it's we talk about the elements, the key elements of a beginner. Yeah. To learn things. Well, I think um, you have. Yeah, <laughs> it's difficult because there's different people that will have different goals Mm -hmm. and also depending on where you are in your progress you might have different goals but i think usually people get a lot from practicing skills like basic sound exercises scales uh, little technical exercises that build your build your skills you know studies are great because they take that vocabulary that you learn in your scales Mm -hmm. arpeggios and technical exercises and then they put it in in a little piece that's made to learn and then when you learn pieces it gets easier and easier because you already know the vocabulary because music Mm -hmm. is made like tonal music is made mainly of scales arpeggios scales and thirds And once you know those things, learning anything is way faster, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But you don't want to do only one thing and get bored with it. So I think if you have a teacher, your teacher should be the person, a bit like a trainer saying you do these exercises this week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, should be the person giving you the goals and saying, or it can be done together as well, but, you know, saying... Um, You should do this for a sound exercise and that for scale and all those things. If you don't have a teacher, um, try to do a sound exercise, at least like doing all the tones on your flute once, maybe a little bit of harmonics if, uh, if, if it helps you. You can check. We have a lot of videos about sound and sound exercises. Uh-huh. And then maybe you pick a scale 
maybe a major and a, and a relative minor mm. and you keep it for a week. You can say every Monday I change my routine. Mm -hmm. I switch scale. Yeah. Or I do my sound exercise a bit differently. Maybe one week I right. do semitones. One week I'll do octaves. Mm -hmm. One week, you know, you can have different exercises and do them in rotation. This way you don't get decision fatigue. Let's say you have five exercises and you rotate them throughout the different weeks. Mm. And then scales, it's easy. You just follow the scales and you change every week. Once you have it, let's say um, one octave is good, then maybe go to two octaves. Once that's good, maybe do EJ4 in the in the Tafanel Gobert or do in shirt. the number one is very good too. But like there's, that's where a teacher can be handy also to switch the exercises because the teacher will know more exercises than you do. So it's easier for them to uh, give you different things. But there's a lot of resources like ours. Like mm -hmm. we have things to uh, to share. And also that's how we're going to build our our books and, and video series about um, for beginners, intermediate and advanced with pre, um, how would I say that? Like little routines like that, that you can just take from the book and you don't have to worry about it. You just do that. You don't have to figure it out, buy a new book. Everything will be in there, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. Yeah, so that and then get a get a book with studies. That's your level. Learn one a uh -huh. week and then choose a piece, maybe two, three pieces for two, three months, you know? Uh -huh. Or even four very good pieces that you like for the year. And different different periods, you know, maybe one Baroque, one classical, one more romantic, one more modern, or whatever you like. It all uh -huh. depends on your goals, but different pieces, and you work on them for a little longer than you would on a study, let's say. Because the study will build your technique, will build your um, sight reading, but the pieces will go a little bit further, you know, with musicality, style, and all those different things. Uh -huh. So, and if you do chamber music, it can be cool or also uh, orchestra. Yeah. 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 Sometimes if you don't have enough time, you can also use the things you have to learn, let's say for band or for chamber music or for your solo yeah. stuff and pick things in there that can be your your technical exercise mm. or your sound exercise, maybe a, or a vibrato. You can practice your vibrato with this line. Mm -hmm. and use another line and let's say you have a big scale in thirds that's difficult for you maybe that's your technical exercise for a few weeks you can also do that and that can be more efficient if you have a limited time to practice it can be a very good way to do it mm -hmm. but if you really want to build your technique doing skills the other way is very efficient as well mm -hmm. yeah 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 like the thing with about the scales like learning a new scale a week you'll be able to learn all the scales that most people should know in a year, you know, give or take yeah. even that, you know, so even less, even less you know, so those, then you those can are redo them and do yeah. them better every time. Exactly. And knowing how to play scales and, and like just learning how to play different types of scales in different ways, like playing them in thirds, seconds, whatever, you know, all those mm -hmm. different types of formations. But, um, yeah, like starting from like, like I said, that we have that information out there, but also like, a lot of people like there's so much out there and a lot of people get so overwhelmed with what there is and what you can take within the you know little bit of time most people have and i think which you've mentioned really can put a lot of perspective for those people to yeah. make them better for sure 
and there's no need to do too much at once. It's better if you want to build your technique. I think it's better to do less and do it a lot <laughs> and then go to the next thing. Right. You know, yeah. instead of doing four pages of exercises, if it's difficult, make just do one. Yeah. But do it four times. Yeah. This way, that page will be learned way yeah. better. And then next week, do another one, but do it four mm. times a day instead of doing five, four pages once, right. you know? Your brain will will um, incorporate it better. Right. You know, it will become yeah. automatic way faster this yeah. way. And also, like, yeah, there are also a lot of things you can do uh, outside of that time when you're, you know, waiting for something. Say you're waiting at the bus stop or you're doing whatever, like, those core elements of like rhythm and you know um like you know knowing how to do 16th notes you know like going ta 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 or like also studying like th what the music theory is all those things go back around and help your scales and help all the things that you uh, you do for sure yeah and um yeah you can um you can practice uh, your double tonguing triple tonguing without your mm -hmm. flute you can look at your music, as you said. For sure. You can play in your head. I, I tend to move my fingers all the time, playing different things, playing scales, playing all mm -hmm. types of things. So, yeah. So, yeah, that would be the, probably one of the key elements. Also, like tone, too, just practicing tone for a week and really, like, you know, not for the week, but say you only have half an hour in a week. Maybe do tone once in the month and then do something else the second week, third week. If you only have, like, time for just, like, specific elements, like you want to, and you can't find things to do, maybe just focus on just one thing at a time maybe you know yeah yeah and then but i think yeah. it's about also making a routine so that you don't lose too much time figuring out what you're going to do mm -hmm. you know you don't spend five minutes exactly. figuring out the next thing you're going to practice so um yeah but you also don't have to do always everything you can skip the sound one day because maybe you feel oh i practiced a lot yesterday and um, my sound's nice, but I think I need to to focus way more on something else. And it's totally fine. And you don't have to do it always in the same order either. Because maybe if you always practice sound, then technique, then study, and then repertoire, let's say, in that order, maybe you're pretty much always tired when you get to the repertoire part. And that's that means that maybe your pieces will be not well learned as much as if you sometimes say let's start with a piece today or let's start with the study so you you, you have like I, i'm not saying you should follow a routine exactly always the same thing and just mm -hmm. i'm saying sometimes it can be helpful so you don't have to um, get too tired the way that i really liked to practice is to have um, a little book a little practice journal and I would write what I did and then in parenthesis next to it, I would write next time I would practice what I would do because when, when you're done, you know exactly what would be the next step. But I was like, okay, I'm done for today because I planned 10 minutes of sound. Right. Let's say mm -hmm. so like I did that 10 minutes, but next time I'll practice that. And then same with the, particularly for the repertoire, I would be like, oh, this line is more difficult. So next time I'll practice this line at this tempo, you know, mm -hmm. and so... Uh, next time I would take my flute, I didn't lose time being like, where was I? How did I play that? Did I, you know, try mm -hmm. to remember because everything was in my little journal and mm -hmm. I would just open it and be like, okay, let's go to this spot exactly. Mm -hmm. And I knew 
mm-hmm. what to go, what to look for right away. So losing way less time this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then like trying to find music and all those things for yourself, like can be very overwhelming too, but like going on something like flute tunes is probably the easiest place to find like studies. You know, there are, there, oh, yeah. there, there are the, a bunch of composers like Kohler with a K like K-O-H-L-E-R, something yeah. like that. And then Anderson, and there's even like super, super... Garibaldi. Garibaldi is like one of the first ones that a lot of people go through. And they're, they're very easy, and they're very progressive, and they're free. Yeah. And they're on flutunes.com. And uh, you can print them out or, you know, play them on your tablet, and you can get far, pretty much, and get pretty a, far with those it's things. It's a very agreeable way to learn your scales, arpeggios, octaves, all those things, because yeah. they usually take all those elements and yep. put them in there. Unlike Tafanel and Gobert, which is a bit overwhelming for, for beginners right away, Garibaldi really, from that point on, like, really showed a lot of, like, really progression. It's like yeah. a, it was like a conservatory type of yeah. progression type of thing. Tafanel and Gobert, I think I use more... Uh, when you get to a certain level, yep. like more intermediate than beginner. And I know yeah, a lot of people... Just seeing yeah. the 16th notes can be Right, can be overwhelming, for, exactly. Yeah. And like, and all the different types of slurrings and stuff. And yeah. it's really a breakdown of, of the process, I find with Tafanel. But it's just like, again, a lot of uh, beginner students fall into Tafanel and they're like, oh, that's, that's whoa, what's this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Garibaldi's really the... Probably, I would say probably... Him and uh, Quants has some stuff too that yeah. are very, very methodical mm-hmm. and approachable yeah. for music. And it's all free. So it's pretty amazing in that regard. Yeah. Our method will be uh, will be a bit like that. Yeah, but they're really lessons. But, uh, yeah. yeah, with videos and everything. Yeah. And uh, we'll try to make it very affordable. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And, just, and it's a guide, you know, like... Unlike the other ones, they're progressive in a way, but they still lack the lesson structures. There's no lesson structures in there. All it yeah. is is just here's scales, here's some very small pieces. But in sometimes reality, you have only pieces. You don't yeah, have studies, you don't or have... you don't. So we're yeah. trying to make it like we're almost right. done. To go back to and, the book, um, yeah, it's pretty much that. Like it's a, it's really a complete package that you you're you yourself are there guiding them. It's like having yeah. you know. So it's really interesting in that regard. So you'll have to keep out. An eye out for that. We're going to make an announcement when on uh, on the YouTube community page. And um, like I said, we're making it affordable for everyone. It's going to be a very cool little package that, you know, anybody who wants to start off of uh, with the flute, they'll definitely be uh, something fun yeah. to learn from, you know. And then yeah. you can go back to all the videos that we have already and, like, understand even more, right? Because yeah. I know a lot of people, they say they like the videos and then... They have, they know something, they get some of the concepts, but then some of the other concepts they don't know yet. So, yeah. you know, they're waiting in anticipation to understand more and that's always but a good thing. sometimes if something is explained to you and maybe you don't have the, some prior knowledge, you might get, not get the concept, right. but maybe you, you continue your learning process and you go back to it a bit later and you'll find it way more approachable. Yeah. So it's not because you didn't get it the first time that it was, um, either not well explained or that you're not good enough. It might be neither of those two things. Mm -hmm. It might just be that there was a little something keeping you from understanding it. And it's going to, you know, we have to be patient with ourselves. And also uh, we shouldn't identify ourselves with little things that 
happen to us. You know, like when you say some people get intimidated with things and mm -hmm. then maybe they identify with that and say, oh, I'm not talented. Or I think in music, we have this whole thing with talent. Mm -hmm. I don't think we, we don't tell our kids that much about, uh, oh, you're not talented in math, forget math, you know, <laughs> or right. you're not, like we tend to encourage i don't know why talent is this big thing with music most people can't play music yeah you know exactly but uh we should have that same openness towards it mm. sometimes there's a little thing that's that need to be explained again but no yeah totally yeah so maybe we'll go to now uh just to cut right in between is um just talk about um the book we already did already but if you want if you're looking for flute Go to Flute Center of New York. Uh, flute Center of New York is the largest place for purchasing flutes in the world. They have the biggest selection, as you heard in the beginning and in intro. Uh, if you use our code TFC, either calling them or emailing them or in their store, which is flute, the number four uh, sale.com, you go there and you can try up to three to four flutes for 10 to 10 days and uh, have an extended warranty once you purchase the flute that you want. And uh, it works anywhere, anywhere in the world. So Go and do that. Uh, we're being fully transparent, we make a commission off of that, but that helps us. And then, you know, it helps you. It helps, you. Yeah, <laughs> and helps them. It's every hand. It's a win-win. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you want to have lessons with Emily, uh, you can definitely email us at info at thefluechannel.com. We have a flute studio here online. You can uh, through Skype or FaceTime, whatever you want. Uh, we can make uh, the accommodations for you. And we have reasonable rates. And if you want to know about those rates, definitely email us at info at thefluechannel.com. So yeah, I don't think there's anything else. If there's anything else, we'll definitely talk about that at the end. But let's talk about a little bit about crescendo and decrescendoing. Because a lot of people were talking about that in several comments. Maybe you want to kind of show some examples. And then we're going to have a video out later next week, kind of going a little bit more in depth. But okay. how would you go about it? Uh, that's, um, I think decrescendo is more difficult than crescendo. So like just to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about, crescendo means that you're starting soft and then you place louder and louder and decrescendo is that you start loud and you play softer and softer mm -hmm. it's good two gradual things and then because you will uh, have to put more air or less air it's going to affect the intonation so to counteract that you'll have to send the air a little bit higher or, or lower right to counteract that mm -hmm. effect am i is it how you do it pretty close pretty yeah close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that's pretty much it I think practicing those things with a tuner can be a good idea because mm -hmm. you'll see right away that, oh, I'm getting sharper when I crescendo and I'm getting, that's what usually mm -hmm. happens. You crescendo, it gets sharper and you decrescendo, it gets uh, too, uh, too flat. Mm -hmm. And um, especially the decrescendo part because we tend to stop um, sustaining the air with our right. abdominal belt, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you want me to play a crescendo? Right, but like, how would you practice it methodically? Like, like in, in, in practice, you know, like as a person who was probably just starting out, you know, like hopefully they have a little, maybe a metronome to see, like, I don't know, oh no, a tuner really, right? A you tuner saying? will be the best way. Um, well, I used to practice my intonation like that. So, I would put my tuner and just to have more um, flexibility, mm -hmm. I guess. Like, it's funny to call it flexibility because you don't want to. It's not about being flexible with your lips. I don't want to say something that will mix people up, mm -hmm. you know? I'm talking just about having more... Consistency? 
Yeah, I guess. In you tone? Know? In tone. But I'm talking, mm-hmm. like, what I mean is, like, mm-hmm. having more um, tools yeah, in your, tools. you know, more tools in your belt, really. Just mm-hmm. so you want to do it, you can do it, you know? Okay. Because uh, you don't need flexibility, per se. Right, right, right. So let's see. Yeah, I used to do that. So I would take a note and then bend it up and back mm-hmm. and then down and back, like. Just to mm-hmm. see like what muscles were involved, how I right. how you do that. And then I would do a crescendo and a crescendo on that same note. And then would you, in order to make it more challenging or to proceed further, would you add notes? Yeah. So the way I used to um, organize that in my practice is that let's say I had a G major scale this that day. I would do it on a G major arpeggio. Hmm. All the notes of that arpeggio, I would do, I would practice them hmm. this way. So I had the three octaves completely practicing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to feel like... If you crescendo, you have to kind of open more and send the air a bit lower. And then when you decrescendo, you have to bring it back and close mm-hmm. a bit more. And it's a lower, it's the jaw that kind of mm. moves there and does the, the work. Right. But you have to maybe look in the mirror, check, and make sure like you're not using too much movement. Like the upper lip doesn't get involved really. No. It's, it's the, when it moves, it's the lower lip. It's the jaw. It's not the upper lip. Uh So. Right. Yeah. So I would practice it like that. And there's a moment where you don't have to um, think that much. You can just let it happen. You know, you want to get to that moment where you're observing what you're doing without judging too much. You're just trying to see what works, what doesn't uh-huh. and without an emotional attachment. You know what I mean? Just, right. Oh, that works. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh, I did that there. Let's try another way, you know, but the tuner will be a good help because uh-huh. that's the problem with the, with those things, you know? Oh yeah. But I tend to work a lot on the sound with my students before I get involved with the actual dynamics. Uh-huh. Like having a good, round, solid sound, and then I add the dynamics. Right. You know. Uh huh. So yeah, and you can also practice your dynamics like this. Let's say. Or you could do your you could do your sound exercises like this. Right. You repeat uh-huh. two notes, loud, soft, loud, soft, uh-huh. you know. Sometimes I like to practice the soft part because I feel it's more difficult for me than the loud. Loud, I just I feel you just open, let it out. Okay. Soft, I feel you have to have more support of the air. Like you have less air, but you have to have a good air speed. And I like to practice my um, sound just like that. Just a mm-hmm. soft, you know, just practicing soft. Like, if you see the order in which you should um, not master, but, you know, control those elements, I would say start with having a good sound. 
then practice forte and piano separately mm -hmm. with as much contrast as you can and then put the the crescendo decrescendo mm -hmm. at the end right don't try to um skip steps because that might put stress and stress makes bad habits come mm -hmm. and then it's more difficult to uh remove them that's how i would learn I, that's how i teach it and that's how i learned it i think too in that order right Cool. So hopefully that's a, a good little primer about that. But that video will probably come out next week about crescendo and decrescendoing and how you can do that with phrasing and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's about it for our podcast this week. Um, we do this, not this week, we do this every month, in fact. But you can go and help us and uh, uh, support us on Patreon. This directly is a culmination of that. The people that help us on Patreon help us produce this show and help us produce other content as well. Uh, if you want to go to patreon.com slash the flute channel, it's all down in the description. You can uh, support us by donating as little as $2 a month. And there you can ask us questions. It's a direct line to us where we check out what's going on uh, with our members there and our patrons. They're both the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then if you want to have lessons with Emily, uh, definitely uh, email us at info at the flute channel.com and we can get in touch with you um about that to do online lessons or if you're in the montreal area as well too so yeah um i think that's it there's uh hopefully everybody has a nice first couple days and weeks of school practice uh diligently make sure your schedule is nice and uh you know attainable and, yeah uh, attainable yeah. Is, is important I yeah love that. totally yeah. you know make like it comfortable if you put it so that you never have a minute to breathe maybe right. uh, you won't be able to hold, hold it for the whole, whole year uh, you know yeah. so you know that's it's uh, so true yeah being realistic exactly in expectations. yeah and we have some new videos hopefully coming out soon we're working on some music videos still that are gonna be pretty cool and some other really interesting videos too that we'll hopefully uh have out very 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 soon so yeah uh thanks for watching guys and thanks for listening over yeah. on uh and also if you want to leave us a voice comment go on anchor as well too anchor.fm uh look for the flute, uh, the flute talk podcast there and you can subscribe there and uh leave us a voice message which is really cool yeah and maybe we'll put one and maybe we'll put one on we put one i think last month or the month before that so we'll play that live on the show so definitely go check out anchor there at anchor.fm uh slash the flute channel i think but you can find us there cool thanks everybody thanks bye